Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Market View. I'm Adrian Abraham. Lovely Tuesday morning. Joining me in the studio is Ryan Huang. Ryan, good morning. Morning, Adrian. How are you this morning? All right. Happy Tuesday and pretty good so far. How about you? Yeah, very good. At least it's not raining outside. Was, my commute to work was uh, rather enjoyable this mm, morning. So uh, yesterday was pretty wet. So uh, good days ahead. Yes, and I left my umbrella on the bus, which is, uh, I've lost too many umbrellas. Well, let's get straight into it. How have Asian markets opened this morning, Ryan? All right. It doesn't look like any need umbrellas uh, with the green on the screen right now. And that is pretty much coming off the back of a largely positive session on Wall Street last night. So if you come or take a look at the Japanese markets, it's leading the way right now, up 1% for Nikkei 225. And if you look at the Wall Street numbers, we had a big rebound in big tech names. And this helped to boost the benchmarks and helped the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite snap four-day losing streaks. And looking at the numbers, you've got the tech-heavy Nasdaq, the outperformer, up 1.6% to 13,498. So that 1.6% gain is the biggest in more than three weeks. And if you look at S&P 500, that was up 0.7% to just under 4,400 points. On the flip side, the Dow Jones Industrial Average pretty much flat, just slightly underwater by 0.1% at 34,464. And you also pointed out just now the Treasury yields uh, have been inching up higher, up 8 basis points overnight for the 10-year bonds to 4.34%, and that is a 15-year high. So conventionally, when rates are up, you don't normally see growth names or tech names doing well. But that was not the case overnight, so a bit of a hit scratcher for some folks. So perhaps there are some moves in some of the stocks that people are quite optimistic about, like the likes of NVIDIA. Uh, There's been one notable gainer overnight, up 8 0.5%. And this comes as investors expect its earnings to show some good numbers tomorrow night. And this is um, with expectations of revenue growth of over 65% on year. And this is seeing market watchers as well as analysts pricing in while well, more good times ahead. If you look at the analyst expectations, you've got the target price for NVIDIA being raised to $520. That's the average price target. And this is up from just last week, 505 Current levels for NVIDIA is around 470 So a lot of optimism still on the table when it comes to some of these tech shares. Absolutely. And Ryan, moving on to corporate news this morning. Just in my introduction, I was talking about how ARM has filed for a NASDAQ listing. Now, this is huge. I mean, because uh, the chip unit is expected to be the largest of the year. Tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, it's big news because it means perhaps you've got some expectations that there is risk appetite for IPOs. Maybe this could pave the way for more to come. And ARM is the chip maker owned by Japan's SoftBank. It has filed for a Nasdaq listing under the ticker name 
ARM. And this IPO is planned for September. That's when they will kick off the roadshow. Uh, so no numbers yet in terms of how much they are officially seeking in terms of valuation. But it is largely expected to be the biggest US listing so far this year. If you look at how much SoftBank took Arm Private for back in 2016, it was at a deal valued at $32 billion. And this would be more than what US EV maker Rivian um, got back in 2021 at $13.7 billion, just based on that 2016 figure alone. But going by some reports, SoftBank could be looking at 50 to $60 billion. Alongside the following, we had some um, preview or at least a, a glimpse into how much SoftBank is making. And its net income was at $524 million for its fiscal year 2023. And this is on revenue of around $2.7 billion. So ARM is one of the biggest chip companies in the world. You can find it in things like Apple's iPhones and much more. And it takes a royalty for its um, chips that are used in devices around you. So there is um, some optimism around ARM's IPO. Fantastic news for SoftBank. Onwards and upwards. Ryan, you can see um, on the screen also LHN and Noontalk Media making yes. the headlines. So lots to unpack on the home front. So let's start with what we've got with the Oxley Holdings profit warning. So not great news for the property developer. And this is due to higher finance costs. Quite a familiar theme for many property players and a drop in revenue. So it's going to be releasing its earnings on or before August 29th. And it is saying, hey, don't look too much for well, any good news because of all these troubles they are facing. So that is expected to see Oxy Holdings post a net loss for the latest fiscal half year and for the full year ending June the 30th. So that's for Oxy Holdings, not great news. And also not super news for Dasin Retail Trust. The SGX Retco has flagged what it describes as unusual, aggressive trading activity and has issued a trade with caution alert for Dasin Retail Trust. And it seems based on a trading activity review that an individual seems to be buying units of the China Retail Property Trust to maintain the price. So this saw the closing price of Dasin Retail Trust stay in the range of 8.9 cents to 9.4 cents pretty much in the past month. And this was due to someone buying the units and supporting the price. So HX Reco come out to say, trade with caution. So that's for Dasin Retail Trust. LHN has seen its voluntary conditional general offer made by Milkway Chemical to take uh, LHN Logistics um, private has um, become unconditional. So it has lost its free float after the offer amounted to um, 90.6% in terms of total number of shares that have met the minimum acceptance condition of the offer. So that's a step closer to going private for LHN. And Noon Talk Media in the news because it is reporting that it has sunk into the red for its fiscal second half for the, from the year before. And this is the entertainment or media entertainment company reporting a 60.6% drop in revenue 
from its main business production, uh, main business segment production. So that is with a revenue of $1.2 million for the six months ended June. Not great news for the majority of those companies. Let's uh, turn our attention to uh, the rest of Asia. We know that this Chinese reopening hasn't been as as great as everyone was expecting, right? And yesterday we talked a little bit about it. Investors still remain skeptical about the pace of China's consumer rebound. What more uh, can you tell us about what they're sort of feeling right now, how yeah. they're feeling? So this is going to be playing on the minds of investors today, the China effect. And this is coming through on a couple of fronts. One is the earnings for BHP Group, which is the world's biggest miner, and they've dr- reported a drop of 37% in full year profit. So that misses and this forecasts. A uh, big reason was China's struggling economy. So the demand for things like iron ore and other commodities, not as strong as expected. So that is weighing on BHP Billiton. A couple of things to note. Coal profits are down 47%. Copper profits are down 22%. And this is coming off also from a high base where last year, BHP had a pretty good year. In fact, record profits due to a couple of reasons like Russia's invasion of Ukraine and supply chains being disrupted. So from last year to this year, a big slump. And also in terms of the consumer sentiment, we will get more indication from Earnings today from a sportswear giant, Enter Sports Products, ANTA. Uh, they will be giving a glimpse into the consumer demand for sportswear. And that will give an indication of what's to come for the rest of the sector and maybe the wider economy. If you look at the options markets, Enter's put-to-call volume ratio has surged to over four times and that is the second highest reading for the year and a sign of increasing bearishness on the numbers that we will see from Enter. So that is um, going to be one to watch in the coming day. Just looking up uh, Anta Sports right now, it looks a little bit like Lululemon, you know? <laughs> it does look like that. It's got um, similar traits. Uh, yeah. Uncanny resemblance. <laughs> uncanny. No one no one will ever know, you know? No one will know. Uh, moving on to some earnings uh, now, Ryan. Uh, tell us about Zoom. Um, shares rose as much as 8% in extended trading um, after the video calling software, which was such a hit during the pandemic. What's it doing now? Yeah, Zoom was such a hit. Everyone's using it as a verb, right? To mm. Zoom, you know, meet on Zoom and so on. Um, everyone's thinking, hey, people are going back to the office, not staying back as much. Maybe it won't do so well in its latest earnings. But it is actually doing better than expected. So much so, its shares rose around 8% in extended trading. And this also seeing the video communications provider lifting its full year guidance. And this is partly due to strong enterprise business sales. It looks like it's able to figure out what features it can put into some of its packages to sell to companies and companies are buying up. And among the things that perhaps is attracting users is um, they are trying things out like allowing customers to start requesting call summaries. So it's quite Useful, I guess, if you're doing a business call and then you forgot maybe what was said, you can just activate meeting minutes and then you've got a pretty good idea of what went on during the conversation. 
Sounds like a very handy tool to uh, you know have in your everyday lives. For our final word of the day, Ryan, we turn our attention to Meta. Now, they're set to roll out the web version of its weak old social media platform, Threads. Are you on Threads? Yeah, I was on Threads. Um, so I was uh, probably one of the first few. I was um, mm. waiting for it to kick off and okay. then I jumped on board. And then I was a bit confused because it looked a bit like Instagram. Okay. But compared to X, or what was Twitter before, still getting used to that, how have you found the interface? Yeah, so very, I guess intuitive to use because if you are a user of X formerly known as Twitter you will pretty much figure out how to use it and then you've got it integrated with Instagram which gives you already a community you can just engage with but I think just with X it's got the same problems I didn't really use Twitter much so Mm. I don't see myself using uh, threads as much so it's got to give me a compelling reason to use it when Threads launched in July, it was a massive hit. I mean, gained Are you over... On it? No, absolutely not. Why not? I'm more than happy with X because I feel... See, th- this is exactly the reason why. When it launched, 100 million users in just five days, right? However, the popularity has since plummeted. On Android OS, for example, daily users have fallen by around five times to just 10 million now. And unless they come up with some new features, uh, features, which they're offering now, the ability to set post notifications and view them in a chronological feed. So let's see how it goes. I think X still has the advantage. I still want to see that that fight between Elon <laughs> Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. I know for now they're saying it's not happening, but wouldn't you love to see that, Ryan? Yeah, they in probably a steel have, a, cage. <laughs> have a fight on X and on threats more likely than in a cage. Absolutely. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Adrian Abraham. You've been listening to Market View on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.